Welcome to the Financial Coaches Podcast, where we talk about how to build your practice from startup to scale up while being the kind of coach your clients crave. Finally, a podcast for financial coaches. Here are your hosts, Maria Casillas and Cody Sizemore. Well, hello and welcome back to the Financial Coaches Podcast. My name is Cody Sizemore, and today we have a very special guest, very special episode, and just a very special day in general for you today. Um, so I'm going to be getting into that. However, there is a few things that I, w- I want to say first. So, so first things first, I just want to say thank you. Thank you to what we would call our every weekers. We've been doing this for a while and we see you, we hear you, and we just appreciate you. The every weekers are the people who tune in every week, no matter what we talk about, whether it be super valuable or a total waste of time. We just appreciate that you're here every week <laughs> and you're checking it out. Um, and, you know, we also want to say thank you to those people who have taken that next step of, you know, connecting with us. And whether that be through email or whether that be through connecting with us through our Facebook group, which is now recently changed. It's called The Financial Coaches Community by New Money Habits. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's a free way to just get connected and connect with, um, you know, us as as a, as the hosts of this podcast, but also other coaches who are all trying to do the same thing that we are. We're all trying to make more impact, change more lives, all that kind of stuff. So make sure you hop into that if you haven't done that yet. And with all that being said, I want to now welcome in our lovely co-host, Maria Casillas. Maria, how you doing? I'm doing really, really well today. Thank you. Awesome. And I also want to welcome in our very special guest, and that is none other than Mariah Rayner. Mariah, how you doing? Good. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. So I'm really, really excited to get into this topic today because we're really going to be talking about a few things, but I think that both of them are things that either need to be discussed, like for sure, and then the other one is something that people ask all the time. Like yep. it's probably like the number one question that we hear. So, you know, you have your own un- unique experience with that. And uh, I'm excited to jump in. So, you know, while I'm dangling this carrot of like how good this episode is going to be, um, why don't you just tell the listeners a little bit about you, how you got started, what you're doing now, and um, maybe like a little fun fact about you as well. Okay. So I'm Mariah. I'm, I'm here in Tampa, Florida. I have been coaching for a few years now, officially. I say officially because before officially, I was kind of like helping friends and family without really knowing what I was doing mm-hmm. um, with, with permission, of course. And yeah, and so I got started into coaching because in my, in my, and we'll get into this more, but in my prior career, I actually did a lot of coaching just in a kind of a different way. Um, and so I know I love, I always knew I loved teaching and coaching and helping others. I have a background in education and after paying off debt of my own, I kind of came down this path of financial coaching. Um, and a fun fact about me is I have a dog and the fun fact is she's special. She is a a Legoto Romagnolo. Um, she's an Italian dog and it's very rare in the States. And so that's my fun fact. I love her. She's like, a human child to me, but she's Ooh. a friend. So that's my that fun sound- fact. That's <laughs> awesome. It sounds like an ice cream flavor. Say it again. 
Lagoto Romagnolo, it's <laughs> Lagoto means the lakes. So in Italy, mm-hmm. they were like lake or water dogs. So that's how they mm-hmm. got their name. Yeah. She's Very awesome. Cool. Say that 10 times fast. Right? It has obviously a very Italian ring to it, uh, but it does. It kind of sounds like an Italian sort of ice cream. So yeah, maybe I'm just hungry. (laughs) Risotto. So I love food also. Uh, Uh So risotto, the Lagotto. That's her. That's great. That is a fun fact. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. And Tampa, Florida, the other Mm -hmm. side of the the world for me. (laughs) That's good. Cool. Well, welcome. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. So there's really two topics that we want to cover today. Um, one is this whole idea around money mindset, right? And I think that, you know, for a lot of coaches out there, they're, they're probably thinking like, oh yeah, like I know money mindset, talk to my clients about that a lot. There's probably some coaches that are like, I actually never talked to my clients about that. Um, so this is going to be like doubly awesome for them. But we're not really talking about money mindset for the clients, really, right? More so for us as the coaches. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? Like, what's the difference there and and why is it so important? Ooh, okay. So I think that, I don't know if there's a difference. I think, let, let me explain. So I think that, of course, when we're coaching clients on their money, we kind of, you know, expect that they're probably going to have some mindset things come up around money. But what I've learned, even after working with coaches and working on my own money mindset and paying off debt and saving money and all the things that for me, I always notice that money mindset still comes up even mm-hmm. at like a new level or a new challenge or a new circumstance. There's always money's involved in everything we do, whether it's our relationship, working, business, just like day to day buying food, right? Like money is so involved in everything that all of us have a money mindset. It's just really like being in touch with it and having a relationship with it so that you're really aware of how you're thinking about money, whether that's in your own life or in business. Um, And that's where I think it comes up for a lot of coaches is is in business. Mm -hmm. So Mariah, is that how you would define money mindset is how one thinks about money? Yeah, I would say how one thinks and feels about money. Really, I like to say it like your relationship with money, like the same way that we have a relationship with like our partner. We also have a relationship with money. So the way that you if you have if you're married and you're constantly thinking like I'm terrible at marriage, this is this is a terrible relationship. We don't get along, you know, what like those types of thoughts, you're not really going to have a foundation for a great relationship. So if you're thinking about money with similar types of thoughts, right? It's, it's not going to equal a really great relationship with money. So I do think it's our thoughts, but also how we feel with money mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you. I just think it's really important to define words before we use them. Cause I think that that's one of the things that happens, especially with a term like money mindset these days, it seems like it's becoming more and more mainstream. It's, it's kind of a buzzword that's out there. And so many times people just throw it around and they don't really even know what they're what they're describing. So I always like to find out with the person that we're talking to, what is their definition of that? So I appreciate you sharing that with us. Let me ask you, when did you realize that that was such an important piece of any coaching relationship? So 
as far as with it, within the coaching relationship, I think for me, I like in my own personal, like when I was paying off debt, I started to realize my relationship with money really needed just as much work as paying off the debt needed, right? Because I would pay off some debt and I would still have a lot of emotions coming up. And that's when I kind of noticed my relationship with money needed some improving. But when I started my own business, where I really noticed it, especially was in the beginning when I was now offering a service that people had to pay me money for, mm-hmm. right? They, they didn't mm-hmm. have to, but if they were going to work with me, like they were going to have to pay money, right? Because at the end of the day, we want to help people and have impact. But in order to continue doing that and do it full time, you have to get paid, right? Right. Um, and that's when I started noticing like, ooh, like this is a different flavor within my relationship with money that I haven't really looked at, which is ask, like essentially asking for money or getting paid for a service that I was providing someone. Yeah. And I think without even realizing it, you totally just answered Cody's question about the difference between the money mindset with our clients and how that comes up for us as coaches. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's a really important thing. Um, I talk to a lot of people who are like wanting to get started into, you know, becoming a financial coach. And that's always one of the biggest hurdles that they have. And I even had that too. Like when I was first starting, I was like, okay, so why do I want to do this? Answer, because I want to help people, right? And then it was like, how do I keep doing this? Well, charging people, right? And then there was like that internal battle where I was like, oh, well, I don't want to be a burden, right? Like a quote unquote burden on people who maybe are struggling with their finances or, you know, they're, they're looking for relief in some way and then just adding to their plate. Right. Mm -hmm. And that was something I had to really, really work myself through. Um, But it was difficult at first. Gladly, it turned around. And now I have a totally different mindset on that, totally different set of beliefs to where it's like it actually helps people. Um, I've actually found that the more you charge, the more it actually helps people, which is weird. I would have never have thought that like the Mm -hmm. first, you know, three months that I was coaching. Um, but now that I've been doing it for several years, it's like, yep, that's actually a good thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'll add, so as a new, when I was new to like the coaching world, I hadn't necessarily hired my own coach at the time, right? Like I started a coaching business. I had paid for some like programs and things. And I think what really actually helped me was hiring my own coach mm-hmm. and like making that investment in myself. Right. And like knowing how it feels to be the person making the investment and believing in themselves. And I think that also really helped me to believe in the value of paying, paying for coaching because I hadn't done it before. Yeah. And it's also important too that you do that. So I've made several investments into programs or different coaches myself as well. Um, but it's really important that you said that, Mariah, because a lot of the times when you are having your, consultation or your sales call, whatever you want to call it, right? Your discovery call, whatever. And then you get to that place to where the investment discussion comes up and the potential client has to make that decision. Oftentimes there is some fear that is settling in for them, right? And it's really, really powerful if you as the coach who's asking to be compensated can then like empathize with them and just say, Hey, like I know exactly how you feel right now. 
I know what's going through your head. I know what's going down in your body. You know, your hands are probably sweaty. Like I know all that kind of stuff, right? And just like to have someone understand someone on such a deeper level like that, it really does help with like the the comfortability of them taking that next step with you because they feel like they can trust you even more because you understand them on such a deeper level. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And I think when you internally do truly resonate with them and understand what they're going through, even without words, I think it shows up in the way that you just naturally talk to them probably, Mm -hmm. right? The way that you naturally respond or hear them when they're expressing to you like their concerns about investing in themselves, right? So when you have that experience, it's like you already have that level mindset of like investing in yourself. And I think for me, that shows up in the way that I coach clients too. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is something that either of you have seen, but one of the patterns I've seen recently, especially because I think there are a lot of people, especially aspiring coaches who have kind of gotten over that hurdle of being willing to invest in themselves. However, then they don't produce the results that they wanted to produce. And when they go searching for the next coach and the next coach and the next coach, they start to start, well, one of two things, they either start to believe that they can't do it, or they start to believe that no matter what coach is sitting across the knee from them, that they are just giving them a sales pitch and they're not ready to make that investment again. I don't, is that something that either of you have seen or am I just looking and finding it? (laughs) I think, or you're talking about coaches who have invested in themselves specifically, right? Yes. Or people who have invested in themselves, depending on what it is for, but yes. Yeah. I I definitely think that our, our experiences are going to shape our mindset around things. Mm -hmm. Unless you're really intentional in the way that you want to think about the experience. Does that make sense? Yes. In fact, it's probably the way that we shape that mindset, right? That's where that intentionality has to come in because naturally it doesn't happen for us. We have to be willing to make that shift. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that it's, it's important also, I want to touch base on something that you kind of touched on, but we kind of like glanced Glossed over, over. <laughs> Um And that's the idea of investing into coaches for ourselves or our business. Right. Um, Mariah, I have no idea how many coaches you've worked with or how many programs you've been in or whatnot. Um, but on my end, even just yesterday, I made an investment and it wasn't like a massive investment. You know, it was like, I think it was like, it was twenty four ninety seven. So, you know, it was decent, but not huge. I definitely made much, much lot larger. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest one I made was like 12 grand, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, but when I was making that, that level of investment yesterday, uh, it really wasn't much of a question anymore. And I think that that if I were to go back three years or four years when I had never made that sort of investment before, oh my gosh, the amount of anxiety, overthinking, fear, like all that kind of stuff would just be going crazy, crazy. Mm-hmm. But because I had that experience of doing it once and, you know, doing it really more than once with different, uh, different amounts and then going through that as well, um, it really opened my eyes because I'll tell you what, I can't think of a time that I've invested money into the business or into myself 
to where I walked away from it and I didn't get anything of value out of it. You know, like I grew in some way, right? Mm -hmm. And that's really important, not just for us to understand when we're talking to potential clients, but it's also really important for us to understand if there is a coach out there listening to this right now who has seen these opportunities pop up and they've just been a little bit shy to take that leap of faith. It's like, hey, like, you might as well give it a shot because the best thing that's going to happen is that your business or yourself is going to skyrocket. The worst thing that's going to happen is that, hey, you're out a couple thousand dollars and you learn something, right? But I would say more often than not, you do progress. Would you agree or no? A hundred, I 100% agree. I think that when, okay, I'm going to, this might be, let me know what you guys think. I do think I love that. I think there's always there's always the ability to progress. I just something that I've seen even with like peers of mine is just be really mindful. Are you investing because you're ready to grow in whatever area that you're working on? Mm-hmm. Or are you investing in yourself from a place of hoping it's going to fix something like for you? Does that make sense? Not mm. only does it make sense, I'm so glad you said it because That's exactly what I was going to say. I know you don't know Cody personally. Um, I do. And Cody, one of the things that you mentioned was that there was never a time that you invested that you didn't get something out of it. Mm -hmm. And while I'm sure that the people that you hired all had something valuable to offer, I think the biggest reason that you got something out of it is because you were willing to do something in that particular program or with that particular coach, you took action. And Mariah said it beautifully when she said, are you, and I'm going to, if I misquote you, please, please correct me, but said, are you investing in that because you're ready to make a change in that area? Or are you investing in it, hoping that it fixes you or fixes your problem? And I think Mariah, that you're spot on with that. When, when people are investing, hoping and praying that this is the fix, and they're not really doing anything to actually work through whatever those things are, actually take action on those things, that's when they start to become, I'm going to say jaded. And when they go to the next person, they're like, oh, they're going to do this next pitch again. And you know, everyone, I know I can invest in myself. And that's exactly moving back five minutes ago, what I was asking. And so yes, it has absolutely come full circle. And I'm really glad that we have that discussion because I think there are some listeners who are in that, in the middle of that cycle, and they they're wanting they're wanting the change, but they're not maybe ready to do that, or they're just scared to death, and they're hoping that that next person is the magic person or the magic pill. I hate to tell you, but the magic pill is really you. Like it's you know it's all in you, and so like any not that every coach is the same, but you can get value from any coach, whether you invest two hundred dollars or two hundred thousand dollars, and the the magnitude of how you show up is going to determine how you get the results. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. It's it's really important uh, as well because. I think that that goes into how we even have our relationship with our own clients too, Mm -hmm. you know, because we want our clients to show up that way as well. That's why, like, I mean, I don't know, Mariah, if you've had this experience, but I'm sure that not every single person that you've brought on as a client has like totally met or exceeded expectations. There's probably someone that like just didn't quite get there. Would you agree? I, I would. And can I, I want to add to that. And this goes back to something you said in the Cody that you said in the very beginning, which is that 
you said something like I might misquote you, but something about like when people pay more, they almost like show up better, right? It helps them Mm -hmm. more, gives them more value. And I think that when, when someone's investing at a higher level than themselves, it's because they're ready to make a change and not that you can't be ready to make a change with a lower investment. But what I've found over the years of even just like increasing my prices, when I first started, I think I charged something like maybe like $150 a month for coaching. Mm -hmm. It's changed significantly since then, but I was attracting clients that were like almost in like a, a scarce, like desperate place of like, I need to fix this right now. Please help me versus um, like now clients make a higher investment and they're like, I'm ready to make a change. Like mm-hmm. I'm ready to do this. I'm, I'm relying on me to get this done. I just want some help. So it's just like a, also a different mindset, I think to your point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of those things too, where it's like, it's very important to have that mindset because if you don't, then that's not on you as the coach, right? You know, like something that Maria says all the time, which I really, really love is that like, we can't take responsibility for our clients successes. And we also shouldn't take responsibility for maybe some of their shortcomings either. Because at the end of the day, like, we have a system, we have a program, we have a curriculum, we have our skills, we have all this kind of stuff. And we know that it works because it works for so many people. But if it doesn't work for someone, that doesn't mean that we failed. That's just like, hey, like we did our job. But there's the other side of the equation too, which is the actual client as well. Yeah. And I think too, this might seem middle of the road, but I think too that sometimes the system isn't, it's not going to be right for everyone. So like, we mm-hmm. know that our system works and it works for very many people. We might have a few clients who come in and that system, even though the client's working really hard, maybe that system didn't work for them. So we can tweak that and, and hear what they're saying, but that takes a lot of communication between coach and client. You know, we need to, we need to be able to put pride down. We need to have them be able to put pride down and just say, okay, what's not working? Why is it not working? Can we fix it? And if we can't, then, you know, they move on. But oftentimes I think just one tiny tweak of the system can be like a game changer for somebody who wasn't working for originally. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's where when running a business, it just come, comes in handy to have check-ins with your clients or just mm-hmm. track I love tracking client progress and I see a lot of financial coaches track like how much debt they pay, how much did they save? I like to track how they're feeling about money. Mm-hmm. So like I'll give you one example, like day one of coaching, I'm asking them on a scale of one to 10, how confident did they feel spending money? Right. And if they mm-hmm. give themselves a two, well in three months, we're going to see, are you a five now? Are you a six? Are you an eight? Like how confident are you feeling now? And I noticed that has actually helped open communication with clients, right? Because Mm-hmm. You're checking in with them about their progress. And I always love to ask, why did you rate it that way? And what do you think needs to change for it to improve? Mm-hmm. Right? Or stay the same. If there are 10, I'm like, what, what do we do to keep it the same? Mm-hmm. And that, you as the coach, you can implement things like that, that automatically opens up communication. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. I do something similar. I use values a lot. So not just feelings, but how does your spending and saving and, and investing align with your actual values? And a lot of times they have to figure out what their values are in the first place. So we work on that first, but um, then we use that as a form of measurement as well, because I think so many times we get lost in thinking that if we just measure the numbers, I mean, the numbers are great. It's, it's like a concrete thing that we can look at and get excited about and celebrate. 
but it's not the only thing. And I dare say not the most important. So I think, I think that's really, really great that you use things like that to help measure their progress because when there is something that, you know, comes out and hits them out of nowhere, they're not relying entirely on that number in order to gauge how well they're doing with your program. Yeah. Agree. So, so speaking of, you know, working with clients and, and how that all, you know, came about for you, you transitioned, I think, into doing this full time, correct? Well, okay. When you say transitioned, I kind of like jumped off a cliff. <laughs> okay. So when you started, I, I guess I assume, shame on me, that, that you transitioned. And the reason I assume that is because you said you were charging like a hundred bucks. And so unless you were eating ramen the whole time, I didn't know that you could live on that. So, um, so do share, how did you jump off that cliff and when did that parachute open up for you? Yes. Okay. So I would say about six, six to seven, maybe I lied, maybe like seven months, seven or eight months before I actually quit my job. So we'll just backtrack was when I was like, I'm going to make this a business. Okay. Okay? And then I like bought a couple courses. I was like trying to learn as much. I went to school to be a teacher. So I'm, I'm very much like, teach me all the things. Let me learn everything I need to know before I can take any action. So I spent a couple months in that phase, um, which I don't recommend. I recommend learn some things, take some action, evaluate, adjust, move forward. But Mm -hmm. hindsight's 2020. Um, so then I took on a couple like free clients, like official, like free, like beta clients. Um, I was still working my full-time job. I, I had a team. I had a sales team. I worked for a company. I was a store manager and I had a sales team. Okay. Um, so I was doing that full-time. I took on a couple free clients and then a few of the free clients, when they finished, they continued and were paying me like $150 a month. So that was kind of like the beginning. And then a few months later, so it was, it was June. I remember it was June of 20, I think 2021. Yeah. 2021. I, me and my husband left the gym and I looked over at him and I was like, I'm going to quit my job. And he was like, okay. I'm like, right. <laughs> and then I called my, my boss and I literally put, I didn't like just quit. I put my notice in. I had been working there for a long time. And, um, and yeah, I put my notice in and a month later I was full-time in my business. And I think I th- at the time, I thought if I were to just go full time, like right now, I was going to just make a bunch of money. That was definitely mm-hmm. what I was at. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to quit. I'm going to put all my effort into this and I'm going to just like replace my income in a couple months. Didn't necessarily happen like that. But um, that, so that's my jumping off the cliff story. Do you want me to mm-hmm. pause? Do you have any questions? No, no. I So far, it's great. I was actually going to ask you, what were you thinking at the gym that led to that conversation leaving the gym? But I think you kind of answered it with this, the, the mindset of, I, I think I can just do this. If I go all in, it's going to replace it pretty quickly. Was there any other emotion around that before you told your husband, I'm leaving? Um, I think I'm trying to really think back. And I, I, I almost think that because I had been thinking about leaving for a long time like Mm -hmm. from I wanted to leave I just never really was like considering it I was like oh I'll wait till I have made x amount or have this many I kind of kept like playing with myself of like how many clients do I need how much how much do I need to have made to leave and then I think just that day I was like no I'm just gonna I really was at a place where I didn't want to be at my job anymore too because I was working like 45 to 50 hours a week and I was commuting two hours a day and I was just Mm. like I just didn't really want to do it anymore. Um, and I will say with jumping off the cliff, I had a parachute because 
I had a lot of money. I had money saved. I had been like intentionally saving up like a lot of my income. You know, me and my husband, you know, we mm-hmm. both were bringing money at the time. So I did have the luxury of like saving my income. So I knew I had like a cushion to mm-hmm. like if money to live off of. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I was just like ready to not be where I was anymore. So I don't think that that's necessarily the best reason to quit your job and go full time in your business. But again, you know, we, that's how we learn and grow. Mm-hmm. Actually, it, it is a pretty good motivator. If you don't like being where you are and you know you're going to like something more, uh, I think the only qualifier is that you have that runway. I know you called it a cushion. I like to call it a runway. That whole idea of what do you need in order to, when you recognize that it's not going to happen overnight, that maybe it will take you know two to six months or whatever, how much of a runway do you have and how much do you believe you need? So that way you can ramp that up before it becomes a replacement in full. Um, but you had those things and and so that was the motivation and you have it. So I, I think it's actually great, great story. And you have, it sounds like you had the, um, the support of your husband too. Like he was like, okay, go for it. Yeah. I'll, I'll give him props really quick. He is very supportive. So very lucky Wonderful. Sense as well. Yeah. There was actually a post in our Facebook group the other day and it was about this, this girl. Um, she was wanting to, do what we're doing, which is full-time coaching. Um, and when I say we, I say yourself and myself. Maria, you're not quite full-time. You have something on the side as well, correct? Yeah, I, I just, yeah. I homeschool my kids. So it's not yeah. that I need the income full-time. It's just, I don't have the time full-time. Right, so, right. Yeah. But, you know, getting to the full-time coaching side of things, that's a big goal for a lot of people, um, especially like, you know, especially if, you, if you're a coach that's wanting to do this on a, bigger scale. Um, but one of the things that she had said in that post, and I'm paraphrasing here, but she basically said, like, I don't know if this is even possible because I talked to some people and they said that it wasn't possible and that the only way that I could help people with their money and do it full time was if I either became a financial advisor or if I became a life insurance uh, salesman, salesman, salesperson, yep. salesperson, right? So obviously that's not the truth because we're here talking about it today, but Mariah, if you could just speak to anyone who's listening to this, that maybe has some of those limiting thoughts, which is a money mindset thing, by the way, um, you know, talk to them and just say like, Hey, like, this is why those things are not true. This is what debunks it. And this is why this is possible for you if you do X, Y, and Z, or if you have, you know, ABC sort of mindset, whatever it might be, like just, I know it was a big question. Yeah. So take your time, but <laughs> take it away. You know, like I, I definitely want to hear that from you. Yeah. I think the first most important thing that comes to my mind is that you have to actually believe it's possible. Mm-hmm. Like really believe it's possible because here, here's what I've noticed just in coaching clients that have businesses in general. So not just a coaching business, like a real estate business. I have a client who has a wedding planning business. So just business owners in general, it's not the industry that you're in that, that gives you either good or not good chances at becoming full-time, right? It's going to be the way that you're thinking about your business, how you're feeling and the actions that you're taking in your business. Those are the three things that create results in your business from my experience. 
I'm sensing a theme to today's episode, right? Like when we talk about the coaches, we talk about your business. Yes, all of that. There's that theme of it's on you. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Keep going. I just want to throw that out there that obviously this is, there's a common thread going on. So you're absolutely correct. You know, and the thread is the same for our clients too. Mm -hmm. So for us, maybe our biggest, like our biggest adventure that we're working on is our business, but for our clients, it's their finances, whatever their financial goal is. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think that it first starts with believing it's possible that you can have a full-time business. And then also asking yourself like to really go there, like what would business have to look like for, for you to generate the type of clients that you want? Something that I see, and I'm not sure maybe you guys see this as well, if you ever coach business owners um, in general, and I'm just I'm making it general because I think sometimes we, th- like I've seen this with real estate agents, my clients that are real estate agents, I have two of them. And they're like, oh, the the market's not good, or there's not a lot of houses for sale, or interest is high, so it's hard to be an agent. I think sometimes in the coaching industry, we we feel the same way. We're like, oh, it's it's coaching. It's like, how are people going to pay us to help them with their money, right? Like, there's always going to be those mindset like objections that our brain offers us to why we can't make money. So I just kind of want to point that out that whatever business you're in, you may have similar thoughts. Does that make sense? I just want to pause. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so. If you're constantly believing it's not possible for you to make money, typically that's not going to feel very good. And when you're not feeling very good or feeling very motivated about your business or feeling committed to making it work, you're not going to show up. You're not going to show up consistently. And when I say consistently, I don't just mean like for a week. I mean, like I will tell you, I think I quit my job in June. I think I signed my first client like at like a higher price in August. And I think I did like, 12 or 13 consults back to back to back that were all no's before I finally got a yes. Mm. Right. And so it was hard. I mean, I did have a sales background, so I knew that like, okay, every no I get is like one no closer to a yes. So I like had that in me to keep going. But I think a lot of times it's easy to be like, man, I got five no's. Like everybody's right. I can't make money doing coaching. It's like, no, you just have to like learn how to sell coaching, learn how to believe that you can sell coaching. Right. Like that's also money mindset. As well. And you also skipped right over to the consultation, but there was so much work in between, you know, actually saying, I'm going to do this and getting those 12 or 13 consultations as well. Yes, you're right. So many people aren't ready to put that in. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you because I, I like to, this is my mindset. I'm like, I'm the consult queen. This is what I tell myself. Because I've just always been really good at creating consults, which again is, I'm just really breaking it down here. That's my thoughts. Like I'm really Mm -hmm. good at creating thoughts. And I feel like that thought has served me. And I'll tell you exactly what I do. I post and I tell people to book a call with me in every post. Mm -hmm. And that's something I've seen with business owners is that they're almost a little shy away from like making a bold offer of like, this is how you can work with me. Schedule a call. Let schedule a sales call. Let's talk about how we can work together. And I also think that's money mindset. Us feeling like we have to put out so much value before. We offer people to work with us, but in my mind, clients get the most value from investing in coaching and working with us as coaches. That's where all the value is, not in like one Instagram post. So I'm a, right. I kind of want like a rant, but I will reel it in. It's a really important thing to talk about. Um, you know, none of us want to 
feel pushy. That's the thing, you know? And that's why, like, there's that fear of, like, throwing that offer out. You know, like, that call to action. But there's also something that I call FORO, which is, like, the fear. So there's FOMO, which is the fear of missing out, right? Um, FORO is the fear of reaching out as well. So something like what you do where you have a call to action on every single post that you make, which I think is awesome. Um, I do, I have call to actions on a lot of posts I make, not all of them, but definitely a lot of them, but there's a lot of them that I like tailor to get engagement from as well. And I use that engagement to then slide into the DMS and reach out <laughs> to people, start a conversation and then get them on a call. But a lot of people are afraid of doing that because they don't want to be like, that guy or that girl, you know what I mean? But we, I think that it's really important to kind of frame the relationship with that to where like, you're not being that person that nobody wants to deal with what you're actually doing in those moments of whether it be a call to action in the post or whether it be a call to action in the DMS, what you're actually doing for those people is that you're taking a stand for them because especially with this area, man, it's so personal and it's so private and it's so like vulnerable at times that sometimes people are just afraid to open up. So if, if they're being invited in, sometimes that's just what they're waiting for because they don't mm-hmm. want to take that first step because they're embarrassed or whatever it might be, or they're stressed out, or they maybe just don't believe that they can get above things. But if you invite someone in and just give them that opportunity to see what, you know, their situation can be and, and how they can get there. Sometimes that's all they need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. So. I think sometimes too, you know, you mentioned not wanting to be that guy or that person. I think, you know, that whole idea about when you are, when you do something really well, that it comes naturally to you. So you kind of just assume that it comes naturally to everybody, you know, everybody's good at it. And so you, when you're talking to somebody about this thing, you don't give extra details because you just kind of assume that they know what you're talking about. Do you you know what I'm talking about right now? Okay. So I think that the fact that we're in a sales arena and we are around a lot of people and we're buying things constantly ourselves that we kind of assume everybody else is being sold something. I mean, we are always being sold something on like TV and stuff, but in terms of coaching or helping them and not everybody who comes to you has been sold this. And so I do agree very much so that that fear of reaching out, oftentimes it's not just fear of being that person, but it's also an assumption that, oh, they know if I they want to work with me, they can just reach out to me. And that's not always the case. You know, they they want to be invited and they might assume, oh, I'm not good enough for them or, you know, they don't have enough time to take on little old me. And so without giving them that invitation, we're kind of doing them a disservice, I think. So I'm really glad that you brought all that up. Yes. I, I think if you're feeling, if anyone's listening, you're feeling nervous to put call to actions out there or reach out or have these conversations, check in with, do you like to be sold to? I like to be sold to. My favorite thing is when I go somewhere and someone walks up to me and makes my life easier. They're like, yeah, I'm gonna if help it's you. done well, right? right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would just check in there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great point. Mariah, this has been a really, really good conversation. And um, I think this brought a lot of good value on both sides of the spectrum of what we talked about today. So I just want to first want to say thank you for that. 
Um, and I know that our listeners also want to say thank you as well. Um, if there's one thing that you could leave with the listeners today, maybe they're the coach that, um, you know, has gotten things started, but they really, really have that big aspiration to go full time. What's like that one message that you just want to make sure that they hear? Hmm. Big question, I know. The one message that I want to make sure they hear if they're wanting to go full time. Ask yourself, how can you make it possible? Hmm. And really sit with it. Like, don't answer it really quick and be like, this is how. Like, sit with it. Yeah. It's a good one. It's huge. Like, I'm yeah. sitting here like containing myself. I'm trying to <laughs> let that settle. But you <laughs> totally just put the onus back on them. Yeah. Right? You, you put the control back in their lap. And that is really what we were talking. That's the thread that we've been talking about for this entire conversation. That was super, super well said. How can awesome. you make it work? Because before it was just like, we just have to really believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I of it. it. It is true. It is true that you have to really believe, but it leaves people hanging with like, okay, but if I don't believe, then that's a circular problem. And what you just said was, how can you make it happen? Yeah. How can you make that possible? Love it. Yep. Awesome. Well, hey, Mariah, thank you again so much. Very good treat today. And we appreciate you for coming on with us today and, you know, spending the, next, the last 41 minutes with us. It was awesome. And um, where can people find you if they ever want to like connect with you or, you know, learn from you or follow you or whatever? Yeah, I hang out mostly on Instagram at Money Coach Mariah. And I also do a lot of love in my uh, email list. So if you find me on Instagram, you can join my email list. I do like different free trainings and just send out lots of emails, um, but good stuff all packed around money mindset, whether it's business, personal Um, So yeah, find me on Instagram. Come say hi. I hang out there every day. Awesome. Great. All righty, guys. Well, hey, thanks so much for tuning in this week. We will catch you guys next week for another episode of the Financial Coaches Podcast. Thanks, guys. See you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Financial Coaches Podcast, brought to you by New Money Habits and Sizemore Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our hosts by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes and join our growing group of like-minded coaches on Facebook. And until next time, happy coaching. Music provided by Summer School.